Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of How Did They Get There? Today we are discussing with Ravi Gidumal from Edge Digital Manufacturing the value of not knowing and uh, trying to figure out your own path, being passionate in what you do and saying yes to opportunities alongside discussions on our favorite topic, manufacturing uh, and a lot more. Listen in. Welcome Ravi to uh, the podcast hey. how did they get there uh, do you mind quickly introducing yourself to our listeners yeah sure my name is ravi gidamal and uh, i'm a director at a business called edge digital manufacturing uh, working with manufacturing companies in all things digital cool uh, do you want to tell us a little about uh, edge digital and what your role has been in edge digital yeah so so uh, um, I set up Edge Digital with a colleague about two years ago. Um, previous to that, I'd been a management consultant and an investment banker. And uh, basically, from a few years helping SMEs with digital transformation and growth and strategy, uh, we really decided that there was a gap in the market to provide more structured support. And, and that was what we set the business up to do. Nice. Uh, one question that I ask all my uh, interviews is, do you love what you do? Yeah, I, I enjoy the variety. I enjoy the autonomy. Uh, I love the creativity. Every day is a different day. And, uh, you know, ever since setting up my own business, that's been one of the things I've really enjoyed. Nice. Uh, and what led you to uh, start your own venture? I mean, you've had experience across, you know, as I said, uh, in investment banking, as a, consul- as a management consultant, uh, so very different uh, types of job roles. And now you create your own venture and into the manufacturing domain uh, as well. Well, I mean, I've always been quite entrepreneurial and mm-hmm. uh, I think it's in my blood. Uh, I'm a Cindy and yep. uh, people who know Cindy's know that they like running their own businesses, don't like... Uh, working for other people yeah so i think i wasn't very good at following orders so uh, i ended up needing to employ myself otherwise <laughs> it wouldn't work but uh, but also you know i like the the breadth of what i do uh, and i think in bigger organizations you tend to have quite traditional roles and it's quite hard to to sort of mix and match different things so uh, so i think setting up my own business was something that would allow me to uh, play in different fields and and you know to your question about manufacturing that was yeah. uh, the other reason you know my background wasn't really with manufacturing companies it was in finance and growth and in lots of different sectors but actually the skill sets and the things we're doing could apply anywhere uh, so you know we picked manufacturing because there's a specific opportunity right now uh, yeah. as they're looking to deploy new technologies great and you know you've been through different job roles, uh, including your uh, own initiatives. Um, is there what do you have to do, you know, to actually keep learning and be able to adapt for the different requirements through through your entire career up till now? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about this. I think you know we're always having to be agile and think about new ways to to work. And I think uh, really at the heart of that is people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I find is you know, people are not like machines. They're not very predictable. Uh, you know, every day there's a new challenge, whether it's emotional health, uh, chemistry, working with different types of people, yeah. uh, external facts. So, you know, for me, uh, you know, it's always been about reacting to 
the current situation you find yourself in and making the right decisions to to get along whether it's with clients friends colleagues um you know as an example uh uh one of the first jobs i had uh i didn't realize but i was actually competing for my role mm-hmm. with someone on a different team now this was unknown to me but it was a, a scarce role and we had limited resources and i was taking a seat effectively uh and it was my performance versus other people yeah uh, so actually being successful wasn't just about the job i was doing but the relationships i was making with other members of the team and building trust and rapport uh and i think you know running my own business it's similar you know we get to call the shots and we're making the decisions but actually it's a fine balancing act between clients stakeholders uh work life balance at home mm-hmm. uh, you know during current times uh so yeah it's about figuring out you know what you're saying yes to what you're saying no to and uh, every day you know i'm still learning <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> and uh, how important do you think uh, willingness to learn is important uh, in any industry uh, for an individual to grow i mean i think it's essential but more importantly for me uh, if i wasn't learning new things i'd be getting bored and wouldn't be enjoying my role uh, so that's one of the reasons i particularly like what we're doing in digital technology because the field is continually evolving and mm-hmm. if i thought i knew which i don't uh <laughs> next week there'll be 10 new technologies and uh and there's continuing new entrants and new ideas yep. and you know we're doing a lot of work in the innovation space right now and that's really mm-hmm. exciting because, uh yeah you're continually coming up against new things that you know maybe a year ago didn't exist yeah um there's always people out there who know more about specific things than you do so you can always ask questions and yeah discover new things right and did when you started off you know when you left school and college did you expect that this is where you will reach uh, in your career where you are today uh not at all not at all i think i mean fairness i probably was a little bit clueless uh and was just going for you know what i thought would pay a good salary and give mm-hmm. me good learning opportunities uh but i think what i tended to do is in every role and in every situation you know follow a path and Uh, take advantage of the the opportunities that are there um stay yes to to getting involved in new projects uh do my best and build relationships and then see, see what comes from it mm-hmm. uh and it's funny you know if i reflect back on all the different roles there probably is a golden thread and you know there are certain skills and certain um things let's say mm-hmm. you know from you know particular uh particular techniques or particular uh, learnings that you tend to apply across different roles and yeah. you're always taking that learning to the next one yeah um but i couldn't have predicted this particular path i think yeah you know yeah, and that's what we all feel right that it's very easy for anybody to see a person at a particular role and think that you know they had it figured out but it really uh, ever is that case, right um and you know you talked about uh, also that uh, you know when you started Uh, looking to get into the career you're looking at you know which is the company what role um, and what salary would they play uh, how important do you now think is uh, the culture of an organization that you will uh, that you would look to work for uh, or when people are looking for job and stuff how important uh, is that aspect i mean it's a nice to have and mm-hmm. certainly i think the roles that i've found uh, i've lasted longer or i've looked back on with fondness is where there was really strong cultural alignment if you like or mm-hmm. uh, you know my values 
really matched the values of the, the colleagues I worked with. Uh, but it's very hard to know that from the outside and it's incredibly hard to know that when you've got very little experience. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, could I have guessed certain characteristics of organizations? I suppose at a high level, yes. Yeah. You know, my first organization was an American organization uh, that, that had particular culture. Uh, I moved to a bank that was European run that had a slightly different culture. Mm -hmm. You know, so there may be very stereotypical high level things you can look for but actually people are people so it's all down to the team and, I, and i'd add in many organizations i've seen different cultures within different departments mm -hmm. so you might think that at, at a high level the organization is saying all the right things but that only works if the team you get placed in or you or you work with yeah. shares those values yeah no that's very interesting no? um moving on to your know, next section um uh, is there any particular book that you have given most as a gift uh, or any one to three books that have most influenced you? That's a really good question. I think, you know, books that have influenced me, I mean, recent ones, uh, I'll mention a couple, uh, Factfulness by mm -hmm. Hans Rosling and Fooled by Randomness by Nassim Taleb. Uh, and both of those, I was thinking they challenged the way that I've thought about uh, economics and numbers and you know I, I did economics and statistics at university and uh, uh, you know often everything isn't what it might seem at first glance so, so both those books were quite helpful to challenge assumptions and you know make me think a bit more about what's going on. Great and you know failure is a is a part of growth at least uh, I see mm. that but do you have any specific uh, failure of yours or an apparent failure that either set you up for a later success uh, or uh, you know uh, was is considered your favorite failure uh, i mean one that comes to mind straight away is uh, university i uh, i didn't get into my first choice university and at mm -hmm. the time it was very disappointing and it, it felt like i'd failed especially when friends were getting into there and uh, but actually it meant I studied a different subject. Yeah. Uh, I made friends who were lifelong friends. Yeah. Uh, and I think I probably got into other work opportunities that I wouldn't have had I've got into the first choice. Yeah. So you, you might know, tell us what that first one... choice was? Uh, I was Oxford. Um, okay. So I, I'd been to a, a school where it was almost like everyone was, you know, striving to get into Ox Oxford or Cambridge. Yeah. Uh, so when I didn't get in, it was, you know, it felt like I hadn't met that goal. Yeah. But, but actually there's more to life and uh, I, I don't regret it on this. Right. Uh, do you have any unusual habit or an absurd thing that you love? <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. I'm actually, one thing comes to mind. I, um, when I was uh, in a job where I was traveling a lot, I used to collect matchboxes. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and uh, you know you go to different restaurants and clubs and uh, and I think you know smoking was much more common back then and yeah. uh, I used to just you know I started off picking up a few and then suddenly that became something I needed to do every restaurant or or place and uh, it's funny I was clearing out the shed the other day and I found this whole big bag of uh, <laughs> matchstick boxes but uh, do you still collect that then or you can't uh, find boxes anywhere now I, I can't find them I mean I would <laughs> I think. Uh, uh, now it tends to be they put toothpicks in or yeah. other things. But uh, yeah, I think you know 
little mementos of where I've traveled and yeah. uh, places in the world I've been is uh, yeah, something <laughs> unusual that I like. To do. <laughs> uh, that, that's fascinating. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there's anything available now that you can actually uh, get similar, right? Uh, in any of the restaurants and places. I mean, I, I generally stick to uh, magnetic uh, uh, sort of logos or stuff uh, that yeah. you can really get for any. So at least you know which places you have traveled uh, to. Yes. Uh, you know, you mentioned about uh, there's some learnings uh, that you still carry on uh, as well. So is there any specific thing from either school or college uh, either principle or learnings that you still uh, continue to apply? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the ones that stuck with me the most is uh, I used to work for uh, a chap who had a background in the Navy, or mm -hmm. his family did. And he always used to talk about uh, offensive and defensive strategies. And, uh, and effectively, what he was saying is you've got to get the basics right and have your defense strong before you can go and shoot for the stars and you know try to score the goals and, and be offensive and mm -hmm. and i think i've always tried to keep that in mind um, and share that advice with others uh because you know particularly i think in a corporate environment uh you often look for those opportunities to be the superstar and to, mm -hmm. to make your name but actually uh if you've got gaps in your defense then it's a recipe for uh for people to to find the holes and hold you back um, and similarly, as a business, uh, we want to come up with new ideas and grow, but we also need to get the basics right. And yeah. so I think that balance uh, for me is really important. And, uh, you know, you've been in industry uh, for quite some time. You've been through different industries as well um, and now in your own venture. Uh, is there a specific a stereotype uh, or a bad advice that you hear uh, in either, you know, in finance uh, or uh, in the manufacturing or the consult being the consultant as well uh, that you've heard? Well, I think um, probably in manufacturing and also when I was working for an accounting firm, uh, there's a, a sense that the industry is full of gray haired old white men and uh, in fact, uh, my old firm did some analysis, which <laughs> sort of pr proved that to an extent in terms of the, the average age and uh, type of UK director. Mm -hmm. But having said that, I think what I'm discovering is we're working with some amazing partners and clients from all sorts of backgrounds, mm -hmm. you know, young, old men, women, different nationalities. And what's really exciting is I think the world is moving on and yeah. it's much more accessible for people from everywhere to uh, to try new ideas and, and build businesses and yeah uh, the one idea the one thing i found quite exciting is uh, we've been working with some family-owned businesses where you have different generations involved working together mm -hmm. uh, men and women and, and that's you just get that diversity of thought and creativity which is uh, which is really great to see yeah i think yeah, a lot of people uh, underestimate manufacturing for that that you know, it's it's a it's a dirty place to probably work in, but at this moment, as both of us know, it's one of the coolest places to work in, especially with all the new technologies uh, coming about. Yeah, uh, and we yeah. we were at the I forget what it's called, the top one hundred uh, sort of upcoming manufacturing yeah. employee, and yeah, I mean, great diversity there, and some really exciting young people coming through, mm -hmm. uh, who I think will really shape up the industry. So. Absolutely. It's going, to be, it's going to be exciting. To <laughs>
you know, you get have busy days and even during the COVID period now, well, you're not traveling, but you're doing a lot more Zoom meetings, uh, uh, organizing workshops. Do you uh, get overwhelmed or unfocused any point in the day? And if you do, what do you do to bring back your focus? Yeah, I think it's, it can be very easy to, to lose your way. And mm. I think it would be nice to say that I have a really good routine and every day <laughs> you know, I get my exercise and you know, et cetera. But actually, life's not like that. Yeah. Uh, so what I find is, you know, if life's getting the better of me, I will uh, try to take some time out to be silent, to be still, to pray, to reflect, to step away from the chaos, um, mm-hmm. but also to structure my thoughts. Um, I often find you can get a lot of noise that gets in the way. So really trying to uh, get rid of that noise and, and focus on, you know, what's going to make a difference mm-hmm. here and now. Uh, because, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty and that's probably yeah. only. Uh, and so. do, you, do you do anything specific, like either write down your thoughts or use a whiteboard, uh, any, anything to structure your thoughts better? Uh, yeah, I do a few things. I mean, I, I keep a journal. I, that's something I've done for the last 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, if I'm honest, I've probably had less time since this whole COVID crisis to uh, to do that than, yeah. than in previous years. So uh, it, it does require a bit of discipline to, to keep the time aside. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there are different, um, what would I call it, st- structured processes where, you know, and... Uh, I go to church, so we have uh, models that we can use, which you know might involve you know spending a few minutes in silence, mm-hmm. uh, just uh, being still. Yeah, uh, but you know, lots of people will have their own uh, approach, uh, and I think there's a there's a sort of elementary truth, if you like, in that of uh, just grounding ourselves. And one of the things I found during COVID that's been fantastic has been uh, because I'm working at home more being able to take uh, take some exercise with the whole family and so we found we were doing you know an hour's walk in the afternoon after work mm-hmm. uh, every day and just getting that fresh air enjoying nature it's, yeah. it's a wonderful nice and you knowing what you know today uh, if you had the opportunity to instruct your younger self uh, what would that be yeah I think I would um, I would tell myself to step out of my comfort zone more uh, and say yes and and probably not to listen to self-imposed limits. Uh, I mean, often I would wait. I think to for the opportunity to arise, wait to be asked, uh, try to create a situation to for the opportunity. When actually, I think now I would say just get on with it, speak up, and make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, don't wait for other people and probably the risk is far less than we convince ourselves it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think um, that's, that is, uh, I've seen that to be true as well. I think uh, people who take initiative and I mean, you'll never know everything and there's no right time for, uh, you know, to start something or to do something. Uh, so it's better to get started and figure it out uh, as you go along. And the worst comes yeah, to worst. Think, yeah. You know, I mean, I used, I used to, take a lot of initiative but yeah. I think it's that next it's the activation of that initiative mm-hmm. so uh, it, it's it's almost uh, finding the pilot as opposed to just discussing the idea so really yeah. really you know ident- identifying those action steps that 
take take you from having an initiative and an idea about something yeah. to actually getting some. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'll give you a, a real example. So about must have been during the financial crash. Uh, crash. I was thinking about SME finance and yeah. how to get money to small businesses, and I had some great ideas. and And actually, I ended up working for a number of entities in that space. Uh, but what I didn't do was just get on with setting up a new bank or setting up a new peer-to-peer uh, -peer lender. Yeah. Uh, there are others who they didn't just have the idea and talk to people. They just went ahead and set, set up the organization. Uh, and I really, you know, respect that, that risk-taking uh, approach. And yeah. You know, I, I, does that also come by just, you know, trying things or getting into the habit of trying things and, being open to it failing as well yeah I, I think it's trying things but i think it's also i guess it's a confidence thing and a boldness yeah uh and i think some of the most successful entrepreneurs uh just really almost push the limits of what you even think yeah uh, credible yeah uh, but then you know we only see the winners so there are lots of them who you know, and I meet lots of small business owners who are trying to get that breakthrough but haven't. Yeah. Uh, so there's a danger that you you can sort of misjudge history because you're looking only at the the small percentage who've gone for it and been successful. Uh, but certainly, my challenge to myself and to others would be just get on with it and yep. what have you got to lose? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, and given the current situation of COVID, uh, we know mm. there are a lot of students who are graduating um, now. And then uh, there are people who are getting laid off work. So uh, uh, they will require to either pivot their careers uh, or, you know, reskill themselves. Uh, what would be your advice, firstly, to the graduates uh, entering the industry, either in finance or in manufacturing? Uh, and the same thing for the professionals. Wow. Um, well, I think for graduates, so, you know, I, I was a graduate. I've managed teams of graduates and you know, right now working with graduates as well. And I think asking questions and finding ways to show your enthusiasm and demonstrate how hungry you are uh, is vital. And if there's one thing I've sort of noticed over the last 20 years is there's been a bit of a shift in uh, work style and, you know, there's lots of jokes about millennials and all that sort of stuff. But I think, you know, for me, it's that getting into that habit of going the extra mile and asking the questions and trying to find ways to get involved. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'll give you a good example. This is 10 years ago, but we were working late night on a project for an important client. Uh, and the graduate in the team suddenly announced that they had uh, theater tickets. So good luck guys finishing the project. I'm off to the theater. Yeah. Uh, now, great. That's good work-life balance and prioritizing. Yeah. Persons. But it's culturally, it's something that would have been unheard of for me 10 or 15 years prior yeah. because the culture wasn't there. And so I think we need the work-life balance and we need to respect everyone in the team, but there is also a sense of being in it together. And, yeah. and that means uh, the almost, you know, the organization's needs in a situation are as important as your own personal priorities yeah. and finding that right balance. Yeah. Uh, but for experienced, experienced people, I think uh, probably the best thing to do is to work out what your core strengths are and what you can bring to an organization, to a situation. 
Um, so I know when I've been transitioning industries and growing businesses, I've done stuff like strength finders uh, and, and just trying to, you know, really understand what are the unique things that I bring to an organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's getting out there, meeting people, networking, finding the opportunities to engage. Uh, and I think willingness. So whether that's doing pro bono work or getting involved in specific initiatives, you know, anything that can help you find an edge and uh, uncover the next opportunity is what it takes. And, you know, we're hearing about all the people who are being furloughed who might lose their jobs. And, you know, it's going to be a very competitive marketplace. Mm-hmm. It means it's about finding ways to differentiate yourself. And that's no different to us running our business. We need to find ways to, to be valuable to the clients we want to help. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's great advice. I'm sure the listeners will uh, take on that. Uh, and I think it's been great just speaking to you, Ravi, about your experiences and your thoughts on these things. Um, so before we end, uh, one last question. We've discussed mm-hmm. about you know, how you got uh, here. Uh, where do you want to get from here? Wow, good question. Um, I think, so, I mean, I've got kids who are nine and seven. Mm-hmm. So I sort of, I guess, look at life with two lenses. There's the sort of surviving the next 10 years. And, uh, you know, I'd love for our business and businesses to be viable and to keep doing exciting stuff and uh, to grow and add new people to the team and work with exciting businesses. So that's probably the short term view. Um, and then longer term, I think probably like many other people, I, I suppose I have a, a deeper desire to be less if you like, dependent on day-to-day operations uh, and to be able to be that little bit more strategic, philanthropic, uh, picking and choosing really interesting projects and causes. Um, and I think that means getting enough stability and success in the, in the day job to, to build a bit more time to, to do some of the exciting stuff. I mean, I don't quite think it'll be, you know, sort of the Virgin Galactic or whatever <laughs> type thing. But, uh, you know, I, I have a few charities I help and, yeah. uh, and I've always had an interest in, um, in sort of poverty relief and international development. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'd love to create a bit more time to pursue some of those interests without having to worry about uh, <laughs> all the day-to-day <laughs> yeah. operational work, which is also, you know, exciting and important. Absolutely. No, I think that's been great. And it's been great uh, talking to you uh, as well. I'm sure the listeners going to absolutely enjoy this. Uh, anything else before we end? No, I think that it's been fascinating. I look forward to uh, watching a few of the other interviews too. Absolutely. Thanks, Ravi. Hey, listeners. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Would love to hear your feedback in the comments section. And if you enjoyed it, please subscribe.